0: post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today
4: introducing peacock the new free streaming service from nbc universal it's hit movies current shows live sports trending bits and timeless hits and that's why you can't not watch peacock watch for free upgrade for more stream now at peacock tv.com law and order svu streaming now <laughs>
1: My name is Dave Hanrady, and there will be No Encore. Welcome to episode 990, 9, Italia 90 of No Encore Music Podcast. It's a music podcast, not about football, but that was the first World Cup that I can remember when I were a lad. Craig
3: Fitzpatrick, how about you? 94 for me. Yeah, bit that was the big one. That was the proper one. That was one. the big one. I hear good things about Italia 90, though. I
1: don't remember it very well. I just remember I, I was very young, but I remember like watching a VHS in like the local library because that's all the library was good for. No, I'm just kidding. I loved books. I wish I could still hold the attention span to read one or even write one. Stay tuned. In five years When I eventually Writing with Dave Never, never actually write That book I want to write So yeah 94 was great though John Aldridge going nuts yeah.
3: Both I think were You know Characterised by Ireland Actually being watchable Which was nice And we'll never get back there again Halcyon
0: days cool. Colmurrigan yeah. What about you? Oh hey, well, you thought I was going to have to wait Until your book <laughs> launch To get introduced there <laughs> I want not be involved you. With my book launch <laughs> introducing myself
3: He'll I'm, just be there For the free wine
0: <laughs> I'm a 94 person as well Yeah, yeah. I, I mean I was one and a bit At Italian 90 I mean yeah. that wasn't happening
3: 94
1: OG <laughs> a word, Baggio, like, yeah. oh, the, gold, the golden ponytail himself. I don't think it was a ponytail, I think it was a straight mullet. It was a rat's tail, kind of thing, wasn't it? Well, it was the, disgusting. His, his nickname was. was the golden ponytail, yeah. Was it? Was it? Was, yeah, it really was. Am I right in <laughs> saying that him once and Dino he Baggio. Got, once
0: he got out of Paul McGrath's back pocket, oh, yeah, 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 Shots yeah. fired.
1: Hot takes. Uh, am, I, am I right in saying that him and Dino Baggio weren't related? I thought they were brothers, but I, no, I think don't they think they are. They no. are. I'm not sure actually. Yeah, yeah, now that no. you mention it, yeah. yeah, It's just the same surname. That, do you know what? That'd make a really good quiz question. It guys. would. Yeah, you're right. Uh, if only we hadn't already done the quiz questions for the No Encore Quiz of the Year. And uh, at this point, by the way, I should mention that there's very little room left. So oh, don't we, yeah, there'll barely be room left by the time this pod drops. If Um, there still are tables available, uh, because we really are down to the last couple at this stage, hit up noencorequiz.eventbrite.ie if you want to come to our quiz this coming Thursday, December the 7th, at the Workman's Club, kicking off at 7.30pm sharp, by the way. I kind of feel like that needs to be put out there. It absolutely does, yeah. Be there before half seven. We're kicking off at half seven, and, you know, just, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. Can the I The questions come? won't wait for you. Well, you didn't contribute a single question <laughs> I was going to say, I quiz. could just
3: participate in the actual quiz, because I'm not sure <laughs> many of the questions are you answered. You've seen a lot of the questions. <laughs> uh, you were there in spirit over the weekend. Yes, I very much was. It's cool and I put them together. One of our loyal listeners will be quite upset, because they were hoping that I would be contributing massively, because apparently I'm always right on the podcast
0: another one of our loyal listeners would be really upset. Maybe it's the same one because... Um, yeah, I want
3: to find out who this is.
0: They're,
1: they're, they're, there's, there's full notes <laughs> being taken on the entire 2017 run. That's true. Uh, someone has, in fact, gone back. A friend of the show's our headman, I should say, has gone back and done some revision for the show and I'm not saying whether or not that revision will pay off. All I say is it'll make a handy reference for us once uh, <laughs> once the quiz is done and does dust- Sorry, uh, got, That
0: can go into the library next year, Italian 94. There you
1: 90 go. Uh, give them back to my local community. Um, hang on, Craig. Who is this person? I who- can't reveal myself. Is, is it your sister it's a
3: secret bond no it's is not it my you? sister my sister never thinks I'm right <laughs>
1: <laughs> they, they said that you're always right on the show
3: yeah apparently I give the best opinions
1: I need to know do I know this person Uh you might what do you know. tell me off mic yeah, sure Okay, so I can cut them out of my life <laughs> Accordingly <laughs> So that's the quiz Lots of prizes uh, We said already that Tickets to the National and Future Islands next year Lots and lots of vouchers Other concert tickets uh, Signed vinyl One of which I have in my hands right now uh-huh. and Looks I've, great I've just procured from somebody So lots of prizes on the evening But that's not even why you're coming though, is it? You're coming for the crack And it's going to be great fun uh, Us three with live mics What could possibly go wrong? What could go wrong indeed? Uh, Dave, you and I had a,
0: a bonding session We had a date On Tuesday, yes we did uh, yeah. Went to see Wolf Alice in the
1: Olympia Yeah, our friend Kira was there Getting in the way of our <laughs> man-love yes, uh, Bromance Yeah, I recorded the Revisit podcast Look out for those episodes Coming soon, 1989 and 1995 They're both in the bank And I ran across town As fast as the wind would carry me Or no Naguiha, as they would say Would they? I, I think that's Irish, yeah Yeah, yeah and, it is. It um, is. Oh yeah, we went to Wolf Alice in the Olympia Theatre And I really enjoyed it I was very surprised uh, by a couple of things Number one Crowd were incredibly polite. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever seen a more polite crowd in my life. And in what sense, like a Japanese <laughs> audience, where they're just like sitting on the ground. <laughs> and shit. Very yeah. very timid um, for the most part. Some the odd bit of moshing, but not really. And yeah, it was really enjoyable. But I was really shocked that Wolf Alice basically got rid of their big songs almost immediately. Yeah, that was a real surprise, and I don't know if it was the right move. But then again, they held attention all the way through. It was kind of like a straight eighty minutes, and very very good stuff. Uh, Ellie Russell is particularly good live. And the band are quite interesting, especially to look at, don't you think? The band's bizarre because the band—it looks like four people who are in different bands. It really I'm does. Right. Oh, like, it really does.
0: Like they're—what are the four different bands? So the guitarist uh, looks like he's in like skate punk band or something. Yeah, like Glassjaw
1: like. or At the Drive-In or one of
0: those. Yeah, okay. and then the the bassist—I mean, all I can think, all I could think of right was carrying one of the members of the Twang. Back to his hotel in Cork about oh. ten years ago. Oh my God! And just being like, yeah, this guy would fit right in here. Like, I mean, if, if he's offered a gig with Mike Skinner, he's dumping he Wolf looks, Alice in a
1: heartbeat. He looks like his biggest, uh, f- like, it, 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 he's the biggest fan of um, Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes or Gallows. Your man, yeah, yeah. Like, it almost like you can imagine like he was a hardcore fan, and your man was like, go off and you know start a band yourself, mate. And he did, and he started Wolf <laughs> Alice. And Frank Carter's probably not too damn with that. Yeah. But uh, And, and then, then the drummer looks like fucking Manuel Rui Costa. Yeah, he does. Yeah,
0: <laughs> or like, yeah. I, I said, yeah, you could be in like a Spanish King's of Leon cover it's band. It's ridiculous. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then you got Ellie Russell. Estamos who's like, los Reyes de Leon. Hola. Uh, <laughs>
1: like, I hate when he slips into Spanish. Uh, you got Ellie Russell who's like a powerhouse despite being quite. Yeah, no, her voice is fantastic. Person.
0: Stuff like. Um, don't Delete the Cases sounded
1: awesome It like. did, but she seemed to be almost a bit bored of it or something. Like, she was almost going through the most... I guess that's yeah. kind of part of the point of the song it to is, a degree. It is, yeah.
0: And you know what? It's also kind of one of the reasons why a show like as you said, with a really, really polite and respectful crowd and whatever, you kind of got the impression that they'd almost have been more comfortable with a bit of raucousness I think going so. on. Like, you know, a kind of a sweaty rock
1: club would be as much it in It was there, the last night guess. of the tour as well, so... And, like, from the first song in, like, your man, the aforementioned bass player, uh, was kind of, like, giving it loads. He was like, come on, like, everyone go yeah. fucking nuts, man.
3: And I think it was just, you know, I was tired, so I, 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 <laughs> I didn't absolutely. make an... So you made no effort yourselves, no? I made some effort. Bit though. of nudging, bit of... Like. I always love that moment just before like a mosh breaks out where people are like, are we, are we going to do this? Nice. This bit of nudge and <laughs> yeah, I should. It looks yeah, so it lame. Like yeah.
1: But no, it was a very That's good gig uh, from a band with one of the better records of the year. But will they make our top 20 albums of 2017? Now, you might know as listener that most lists are out already, but we're doing the old-fashioned thing and actually waiting for the year to conclude. Mm-hmm. So our last two episodes of the year, like last year, will be us doing lists. One for songs, one for albums. It's coming soon.
0: Unlike the Rolling Stone, we want to be able to stand by putting U2 at number one.
1: No, it wasn't Rolling Stone. Uh, uh, No. uh, No, sorry, they were number three on Rolling Stone, wasn't it? Yeah, U2 got Song of the Year in our former stomping ground. But that's fine, because the song,
0: to be fair, the song has been out. They've been getting Album of the Year awards from places when the album
1: hasn't been out. Yeah. Which is remarkable. The journalists would have it, I suppose, in advance, but it's still a bit ridiculous.
3: What song was Song of
1: the Year? Uh, in Hot Press magazine, best hear yeah. the best thing, the about, best thing me? about me was their number one song of Not 2017. Not a fan of that song. Mm. They had a Stormzy song in there from two years ago. Yeah. Good to see the due diligence is still being taken <laughs> care of in our absence, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's not quite obviously, you know, the Hot Press uh, Top 50 of the year, but uh, the Grammys have given a few nods. Oh, Britain, it's past much
3: week. much worse. to be quite honest, it's the Grammys. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's,
0: it's not it's not the big one.
1: Well, we're not going to read out all 87 categories
0: of the Grammys. Come on! Um, but I'd like to start by asking. Pretty you, sure
1: I was nominated for like best yeah, Latin spoken word there. album. Yeah. Well done. What is the difference between album of the year and record of the year? Practice. No, sorry, that's a different. Number. And what is the difference between <laughs> record of the year and song? of the year Carnegie Hall No, um. I
0: I
3: don't understand that I'll be perfectly honest I don't know yeah the performance one always throws me it doesn't make any sense no but not even
1: that I mean like like, like album of the year fair enough overall album of the year there's five in the category and the big news here is that there's not a single white man in there Mm -hmm. for the first time in about 20 years more well, they got beaten up for diversity problems enough that I think maybe maybe they're starting to learn their lesson. The album of the Year uh, nominees are Childish Gambino with of My Love, Jay Z with 444, Shh. Kendrick Lamar with Damn, Lord with Melodrama, and Bruno Mars with 24K Magic. You I forgot t- that exists. Did we review we that? reviewed it, yeah.
3: Did we? we? I think we were planning to we review it, like and they were review. like, there's no point.
1: <laughs> no, we were going to review it, and then something else came along, and I went to that instead. Yeah, because yeah, we, we listened, listened
0: to it like twice. Yeah, oh, I, could, I listened to it on a bus from home from Kilkenny and fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the <laughs> so album so of oh, Kendrick the year. is winning it's But you're right yeah. I mean, I just I don't, I don't understand this whole Kind of like record of the year was, Song because, of the year Because
1: record of the year Is a song Yeah And the five here are Charles Gambino, Redbone uh, Louis Fonzie, Daddy Yankee And Justin Bieber For Desposito Jay-Z, Story of OJ Kendrick Lamar, Humble And Bruno Mars For 24K Magic like, yeah, but what's g- more Give as, it a rest what's more as well? <laughs> Stop like, I mean, trying like,
3: to make Bruno Mars happen Childish Gambino's so, been I think he's happened <laughs> <laughs>
1: Childish Gambino's Redbone Is nominated for record of the year And isn't up for best rap song but then you have Song Ugh. of the Year, yeah. which has Desposito in there again. Four forty fours in there. A different Bruno Mars again with a different song. That's why I like well, Julia Michaels yeah. with Issues and Logic with One Eight Hundred Two Seven Three Eighty Four. Is Record
3: of the Year supposed to encompass like the production and stuff and Song no, of the Year? No, because like, there's Best written, Engineered Album as well. I know, but there's, maybe Record of the Year is everything. It doesn't it's make, just make any like the whole sense. Shebang. No, it doesn't. It's the Grammys. Best Rap
1: Song, by the way. Uh, can we talk about Cardi B and Bodak Yellow because we've never talked about it on the show before? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's terrible.
0: No, it's not oh, very good at all. Good at all is why
1: it? Is, what's going on? Like, why are people hailing this song? It's really bad.
0: Yeah. Like, it's terrible. I know. It doesn't work. I, I, I don't think it's very good at all. Like, it's nigh on unlistenable. It's really annoying. It's not that bad. Structures all over the place. It's it doesn't a have a chorus. It's, it's a, a fucking a mess. mess. Yeah. And
1: everyone's like, it's the song of the... Year. I'm like, why? Why? Yeah. why? No, I don't get it. It's rubbish. Yeah. It's absolutely rubbish. We agree. we actually agree on something. But yeah, that's up for best rap song. Um, you have SZA, Alessia Cara, Khalid, Lil Uzi Vert, and Julia Michaels for best new artist. Best rap album. I mean, like just, just looking at this generally, then I mean, like, are we expecting Kendrick to clean up? Probably him or Lord, I presume, because for whatever reason, people think Lord is good. But um, Lord just doesn't seem to have the nominations. She's I'll up swear. for best. Uh, Album, album. Of the yeah, year. yeah, yeah. She's uh, album. Can of we, year, we talk yeah, about like Leonard Cohen? Leonard Cohen being up for best rock performance. I mean, I guess where what? else do you put him. You yeah know? he kind
3: of fits that category a
1: bit right rock
3: a bit in the general terms well of let's like be honest
0: I mean like if it wasn't going to be rock I think you would actually have to put him in the spoken word section because he just whispered his way into the entire review you yeah. wanted
1: to but then you, you have the oddity of having like for example the national are up for best alternative music album with sleep well beast but then the war on drugs are up for best rock album there's for, no
3: rhyme or reason for to a deeper understanding
1: it. both those albums incorporate synth elements and are straight up rock albums to a degree. it's the, the
3: grammys mate no I know but I'm trying <laughs> to well, make welcome to the grammys mate <laughs> <to make some> Oh, no, no. It's not the Ivory Novello's Dave. Billy Vanilli yeah, won one. best new artist, right? The Baja Men, like who let the dogs out, won best record. Yeah, these are all that was a banger. These are straight <laughs> up <laughs> tunes, <Tuesdays, laughs> like
1: so far. Like, like what else you got? Yeah,
3: Bill Clinton won one. Yeah, most Did U.S. Pre- yeah.
0: most U.S. presidents win for Does their, a lot their of spoken word shit, Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, it's a it's an absolute mess of a thing, and it's I I just find it funny because like people pretend to care, they like they think it matters, and it really the Simpsons nailed it like twenty five years ago or whatever it was or more when they're like you know it's a Grammy, who who gives a shit?
0: Yeah, although at the same time, it's nice looking trophy. People do pretend to care. You can see just how much they care when they rail against not being nominated, for instance. There have been Uh, some snubs I've noticed
1: this year. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, was it Q Tip? just absolutely went for it because a tribe called quest missed out this year with their swan song album yes yeah um so yeah you know it, it clearly means more to people than they let on let's yeah, it that way
1: definitely i think it's one of those things it's like the oscars like it's it's an industry party like that's what it is it's a status thing and like fair enough the grammys is the apex of that it is the musical version of the oscars there isn't another one that's kind of better or, or whatever but my god is it a hot mess yeah So we'll be tuning in 100%, matter, 100% yeah. Yeah. For the biggest night of the year Alright uh, Dave was uh, Hello Flicking through his Famous things that happened today App <laughs> I can only presume uh, Also known as Also known as Twitter Yes right. uh, I discovered today Via the magic of Twitter That in fact On this day Day of recording This being yesterday If you listen to the podcast On the Friday And do the maths accordingly If is listen to it Over the next few days
3: uh, <laughs> Thank you for clarifying Girls today.
1: allowed Girls allowed have turned Fifteen formed on pop stars The Rivals back in the day, in the gender war that was Girls Laid versus One True Voice. One True Voice. Yeah, yeah, was one yeah true indeed. Voice. Now, yeah. Is, this,
3: is this actually when they were formed on the show or when they first released something? No, when, or when they, they, they were formed. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. it's like the episode was airing. So this not... is their birthday,
1: yeah. So, <laughs> okay. we have decided, because I, I've, i for a long time, I've argued that Girls Laid are probably the best singles act out there. now it's big, Of all
3: time? I think so, yeah. Hold on, (laughs) wait. What? The best singles act of all time. Who Who else you got? The Bee Gees. Nah. (laughs) What? Who, who, no. Who, who have you got? How about like the Beatles? Uh, the, the Beatles.
1: Uh, don't come at me with the fucking Beatles. Michael mate. Jackson. Michael Jackson I'll give you. <laughs> yeah. Beatles I will not give
0: you. I, I, I guess to be Fuck fair. Off. I guess to be fair, there's my vodka. <laughs> I, guess, I guess there is possibly a fair argument to be made that they're the modern era. No, that they've made the best singles while never making an album that you would describe as being particularly
1: good. That's that's a good way to put it, yeah, and I'm sure some Girls Loud fans will balk at that suggestion, but I would maintain that if you're gonna make a Girls Loud listening guide type thing or a Top 10, as it were, mm-hmm. you got to go on the singles because like, they were just like, for a very long time, it was just belter after belter after belter after belter after Obviously, they worked with the likes of Xenomania. You're dealing with some serious pop pedigree, great production, hook after hook after hook. And that's why, after a lot of fighting in amongst ourselves in our WhatsApp group chat, we have come together for the official No Encore Girls allowed Top 10. <laughs> and it kicks off a little bit like this. Now, it's no good advice, which I believe was the second single released from their debut album Sandy the Underground um I hate to immediately kind of bring the room down and get a bit weird, but I have a very strange connection with this song yeah, here we go uh well <laughs> yeah, here we go yeah uh, at the time of its release, I was in a psychiatric hospital and I had spent uh, some time in there and I didn't really click with anyone there was a kind of there was a, a small group of people who were the same age as me, and they didn't really want anything to do with me and I remember one day in particular when I was wandering the halls, I went into this very Like shoddy games room, like straight out of the fucking shining hotel, and they had like this uh, snooker table, and you know it was just it was just really ratty, and I'd no one to play with, and I was in a stage of my life when I was very lost and afraid, and I remember this song being on the radio, and I just the 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 juxtaposition of this moment and that up tempo like fun pop song belting away and being like, well, this is. Something I might look back on someday and laugh So that's what I'm doing right now Because what I would say is Walking in to do this podcast today While blaring this song in my head I felt a sense of ownership I felt a sense of like Hey, you know, look at who I am now versus who I was then And if you can't find a bit of levity in that Well then, what can you do? That's and nice. I think, with all that yeah. said It's a fucking belter Unlike, and just to bring it full circle here Justin Timberlake's Rock Your Body Which was also out at the same time And I also was treated to that one That's a I tune was, No, it's not it's Yeah, a tune. I'm sorry, no, yeah, it is an, an not. absolute no, I'm Not that you have that one, no what
3: do you mean you're not letting me have that one? It's <laughs> I just told a very personal you know. story. I like, <laughs> yeah.
0: must, well, must say as well, Dave, very nice story, genuinely. Yeah, gorgeous story. Lot better than where I thought it was going because <laughs> I thought this was going to end with Dave turning to a therapist and saying, listen, I don't need no good advice. <laughs> or or
1: me getting headphones going like 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 that terrible film Garden State. Oh this will change your mind. Like, hey, change listen your mind. to this and it's I don't need a no Are girls allowed your the shins? No, because girls allowed are good and the shins are terrible. Number nine That's right. It's the loving kind. I think this was a song that was like the last song that it barely made the top forty or the
3: top twenty or something. The, and yeah. better than Michael Jackson. Continue.
1: Well, see, this this was kind of like you know like it marks to a degree at the beginning of the end, I suppose, for their pop pedigree of dominating the charts. But I love the song. I think it's actually a very fun kind of Pet Shop Boys esque low key mm. number. And I think it's I think its simplicity meant that it was kind of overlooked. I think it's a a bit of a gem.
3: They have a lot of those songs that are actually really kind of quite sophisticated, and I. Don't think they kind of did as well as they should have done. Um, well, they they still did all right for themselves. But I'm guessing like all of these songs are Zen- Xenomania, right? Yeah, like they yeah. were their production yeah. team for the entire th- run. So yeah. shout outs to them, props guys. Yeah, give the girls some credit, mate. <laughs> yeah, I will. But also shout out to them. <laughs>
1: all right, fine. Number eight. It's untouchable. There's two versions of this song, one which runs for about six and a half minutes and is, in fact, quite indulgent. But it actually works. And as a result, if you go through that one, when you get to the kind of middle eight towards the end, where I think it's Nadine, gets a really good kind of time to shine moment... Mm -hmm. It's excellent. The radio edit is good, too. And again, I think this is one of the more overlooked ones in well, the canon.
0: You know what? This is probably one that they will look back on with a certain amount of hatred. They've had 20 consecutive top 10 singles until they released
3: Untouchable. This is what
1: I meant by the lot. Yeah, I got And confused. it reached number 11. There it was
3: go. the name, wasn't it? It was the title. <laughs> it had to be Untouchable. <laughs> no. no.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, the trivia that I was trying to recount for The Loving Kind actually applies to this one. But it's a bit of a gem. Again, I mean, I know like this is definitely like, you know, Towards the end yeah. And it's not quite Hitting the heights But I think Especially that one The album version Is worth giving a go Yeah to. it's a
3: bit like ABBA's The day before he came ABBA Better singles band Continue <laughs> <laughs> I well, do actually love yeah. Girls Layout, yeah. But go on. <laughs> Here's
1: where it all started at number 7 Right, the sound of the underground Now some people yeah. have speculated this song might be about drugs uh,
3: Really? That was more holly nah, than that
1: I think it's just having a good time Party times Getting a train maybe, maybe with drugs, who
3: knows <laughs> Getting a train Going
0: for a party Going Can, for a dance <laughs> you, you remembered One True Voice Can you remember the song oh That this beat Christmas number one? By One True Voice? Yeah No It's called Sacred
1: Trust <laughs> Did you have to look That's I didn't stand did stand a chance Did you look it up? No What's it go like? I've never heard it it sounds like this. I know
5: where my arms
6: should be. I'm faithful and true and making it through. Your secret trust in me. Your secret
1: trust in me. Okay, I've still never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> because we do already in post. <laughs> it's really missing that kind
3: of Miserlo <laughs> guitar thing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah it in the underground holds up I think it's a really good tune it's oh a, yeah absolutely bang it. Yeah, it great and
0: tune. what's more again like like you say I mean like they worked with Xenomania for their careers this was a perfect example of just kind of um, it's not gone full kitchen sink but it's definitely a sort of a like, let's get guitars in here let's get synths let's
1: get Everything on this track, it's kicking
3: off. It holds up, uh, 15 years on. So,
1: yeah, quite a surprise considering you know it could have been. It was chasing trends, but in a good way. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if it's kind of thing that the NME magazine might have been into. But that's a story for another time. Uh, Number six. I think this one's a bit of a controversial one, something kind of ooh, because I think a lot of people thought thought this was the beginning of the end, that this was like, this is terrible. Oh,
0: I don't think so. I I think it's just the tempo of the song is just so insistent, really.
3: Yeah, like, musically, it's good. It's the lyrics that kind of uh, used to wind me up a bit. It's a bit... Something kind of ooh, jumping on my tutu. Yes. (laughs) Yes, quite. I I could barely stand bickering on my tutu.
1: The video was particularly tacky as well, I recall.
3: Oh,
0: was, were they
1: like driving were, a car and like some kind of like neon thing? And they all look yeah. at, they all look at they went to a different like, like craft stylist work. that That's day. That's right, Jay. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it looks bizarre, like, like genuinely it was like, hang on, what? None of this makes any sense.
3: Craftwork would be on, but bags. I like
1: it. It's a bit of a hot mess in a good way. It's a barrage yeah. of things. As girls, they were often very good at throwing out hook after hook after hook, and this one has it. Uh, yeah, and I will say, you know, I didn't expect it to come in at number six, but I'm glad that it did. I think, it, I think it's uh, I think it's worthy enough. But as for the top five, where else could we start? Yeah.
3: Love Machine! Am mm-hmm. I right, lads? Yeah. Love this one. Double bass just isn't seen enough in modern pop <laughs> music for me. <laughs> Um, so good that the Arctic Monkeys covered it and did it. not a great job speaking of uh,
1: <laughs> speaking of and speaking of the enemy today on Twitter they were like uh, as Girls allowed to turn 15 uh, here's uh, Arctic Monkeys doing Love Machine yeah. and a lot of people were like I'm mm-hmm. just a love machine a lot of people hopped on that and were like why don't you put out one of their actual songs <laughs> instead of this rubbish cover because it's the fucking enemy and it has to be Alex Turner or Liam Gallagher approved
3: well yeah, yeah. Uh, I
1: thought you would have been all over that cover because you're a big monkeys guy where a big monkeys guy were it just yeah.
3: seemed very like oh we're doing this with a wink and a nudge it's ironic and at the time it was the done song to death already. where it's like well actually do you know what pop songs can be good too it's like yeah we know Alex mate yeah get back to like your gritty lyrics or yeah. whatever he does now riding around on motorbikes in the desert
1: I know there's talk of a there's talk of a new Arctic Monkeys album next year I'll listen to it I've heard that yeah yeah, we're due to be fair I saw someone kind oh, of say God, this week yeah. Somebody said this because it was like, you know, The last thing the world needs next year Is another article Well, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily be clamouring for it It has been six years Hasn't it? No, it's no. not that long No it's was 2014 was it yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah.
3: I don't 13, so. max.
0: Tw- yeah, yeah. <laughs> 13 max. Max. max Yeah 2013
1: 13 max Okay <laughs> Let's keep going with this list though Number four uh, The Hipster Girls Alayed Song of Choice Close to Love
6: Call me crazy
1: So, Craig, <laughs> as our resident hipster...
3: Yeah, it wasn't a single. Is that why you're, you're getting at? <laughs> I just like it. It has a kind of, like, I don't know... Um, oh, it's fantastic. I said, yeah, sophisticated before, and it has that, yeah. It has that it insists upon itself, it. does it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a tune, all right? You agree? Oh, no, they all agree I think here. it's an absolute belter. Yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't a single. I think it's yet another example of their kind of pop prowess, yes. while also being overloaded in the best possible way. This is the thing that, that I miss about pop songs like it takes it's really hard to write a good pop song obviously but I think that modern pop songs now are overloaded in that they're, they're weighed down by having too much shit going on. Right. This was a great example. Girls Later are an excellent example of, yeah, as you said, Colm, kind of kitchen sink. Yeah, you know what, though? I mean, even there, it's a sound of its time. And sound that, of the underground, <laughs> is
0: it? Well, no, but like that much was demonstrated when we did two Xenomania-produced tracks recently. Yeah. The Molly King single and, in fact, Nadine Coyle's uh, comeback single. And right now when you listen to those, you're just like, Oh my god What are you doing Like (laughs) Get your heads Out of 2009 That Molly King
1: one Is terrible though It's all over the place Really bad Yeah I really like it I remember (laughs) Dahi Being disgusted (laughs) I know (laughs) Okay Number three Shots, a glacial pop jam. <laughs> Incredible.
3: Ah. What a chorus. Just understated and great. Yeah, fantastic. Again, rocking that kind of Pet Shop Boys thing. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, very Really much
1: so. beautiful synths, perfectly pitched, well judged. I, uh, I think, at the time, Leona Lewis put out Bleeding Love, or in the same time, 2007-ish. Right. Just, <laughs> just got, <laughs> So this just got buried. I th- I don't know if if they actually kind of if there is a correlation there but I remember them being on rotation kind of in the shopping center that I was working at the time. Right. And being like, oh, this I think this one's kind of being overlooked just because of the Mammoth success of that tune. Yeah, that was yeah. gigantic. And it was uh Lead in love holds up, yes or no? I haven't heard it in years. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a pretty great yeah. song. Yeah.
3: yeah. I remember it being good. Is so. she still doing
1: anything?
0: N- no. Okay. I'm just going to have a guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to have a guess. I don't
3: know.
1: To be perfectly, she I probably sh-
3: thinks she is. But Tom says no. She's I, not. I doing haven't anything. checked up on her. Please, you okay. know what?
1: Play the next song, and I'll have a look. Okay, here's the next one at number two. You can't mistake my biology.
3: Can you, Craig? Brilliant song. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, the fucking hooks. It's just Razor sharp. Razor, yeah, sharp. razor sharp. Hook after Absolutely hook after hook. Absolutely stacked. And really invent funds as well. This is like a bit of a work of art. It yeah. really is Yeah, yeah it I really... started sounding cynical But yeah I'm being reminded now Amazing So you agree with me That they're the best singles band Of all time Yes David <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yes the way that you walk The way that you talk It's a fucking belter It really mm. is uh, This one kind of runs Our number one quite close I would say And it was kind of A judgement call A snap, de- snap decision today But on any other day Biology could be the number one It's just flawless It's amazing And I'm glad you agree Listener <laughs> And at number one
6: Oh baby right Looking
1: It's the promise. It's the big one. It is the big one. What a fucking song. Love this song. Timeless, you
3: might say. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it really is. It actually has a kind of a classic sort of seventies
3: cabaret vibe from it or something. You've got the horns, you've got the yeah, it was what, two thousand nine, was it? Two thousand and nine? I remember playing the shit out of it. Two thousand eight or two thousand nine. It was probably the end of two thousand eight, yeah. So going into two thousand and nine it was in This was a
1: popular one in the hot press office when we were having a bad day. Yeah, yeah. I would throw it on and we'd just see like your head moving rhythmically back and forth. (laughs) It was like, Thanks, Dave. Yeah. I know you're looking out for me, buddy, by throwing on The Promise by Girls Aloud. <laughs> uh, works! Got to interview the drummer on this song before, Florrie. Oh, you certainly did, yeah. Herself a pop star in her own right. Yeah, what's she? Is she still doing? Star <laughs> still might be putting it a bit. A bit don't a bit, ask uh, me, I've only just heard how <laughs> Le- Leona Lewis is doing. Uh,
0: she was on uh, Cats on Broadway last year. okay. Ah, uh, uh, she left Simon Cowell's label, then she signed with Island Records, left after two years there. I don't even know if she released with them uh last album might have been called like Christmas in Love or something like that Christmas with Love yeah Christmas in Love I'm not not sure if we're holding out to Sure it.
3: but you know cats <laughs> That's something right yeah. Longest running
0: show on Broadway Is that right? Uh, I was No East End Or West End anyway Was anywhere on the West End Yeah for sure
1: uh, Flory meanwhile Is She's been like with Ze- Clearly Closely associated with Xenomania yeah. now. Since She joined as Their in-house drummer in 2008 And has played live And on record for popular artists Such as Collie Minogue Girls Loud And the Pet Shop Boys yeah. And some of her songs Are genuinely worth checking out There's just the weird kind of sense That it hasn't quite happened for her yet But she's only 28 So it still could maybe Plenty she, of time Yeah
3: maybe she enrolls In the Paul Institute And hooks up with J Paul
1: yeah, so that's our girls' Aloud top ten. No good advice. Loving kind, untouchable. Sound of the underground. Something kind of ooh. Love machine. Close to love. Call the shots. Biology and the promise. Disagree. Let us know on Twitter at No Encore Show. Yeah, any big girls allowed
0: fans do get involved. Yeah, big Lord fan disgracing herself during the week, uh,
1: bringing <laughs> melodrama by, by simply being a big Lord fan to the Louvre. Yeah, this
0: really pissed me off. Of course, the lyric from that song hanging in the Louvre I fucking hate that song it wasn't song. hanging so much as just like propped against I the wall hate that song so
3: much yeah, but, but it's still the Louvre um, yeah no that line I think we singled that out at the time is just atrocious really got under my skin uh, I yeah. mean to be perfectly really honest physically upset me like yeah,
0: really f- uh, you know what even then like in the context of that song it's like, nothing compared cheeky. to the boom boom booms and all the rest that of it that so, made me you know.
3: really upset um, <laughs> I still defend this album I know. I'm gonna I, have to say, like, there's a there's three or four songs yeah, that I think are great.
1: Remember, I was saying to you like, I, when I when I would creep on your Spotify and you were always listening to Stevie Wonder Superstition. Now you're always listening to Lord Homemade Dynamite. <laughs> and I see it and I go, I do a show with that guy. <laughs> it's a great song. I don't even know that guy. It's an absolute great song. Uh, Lord, by the way, I should know. Did top the Drowned in Sound writers' staff poll, mm-hmm. and I immediately distanced myself from it. And I will probably yeah. I'll probably never write for them again because I'm disgusted. That album sucks. I'm not.
0: A huge fan of it to be fair i agree with craig there's a few tunes on it but in general it just misses the mark um i I, i'm always torn on how much leeway you give a record by like you know a 20 year old that has clear signs that there's something really good there yeah but you know this is the second album it's four years later dude does potential need to be built upon i don't know
6: I
3: think cut her some slack. I Just think. Like hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> I think
1: there's a bit too much slack. I don't to think it's because to name it your favorite album of it's the year. Not potential. I mean, like I think like what you're seeing here is the finished article for sure. And I mean, what yeah. a twenty. To a degree I mean like ultimately Yeah I mean like What she's talking about She's very precocious I suppose I don't want to be ageist I don't want to yeah, be fucking Like yeah. whatever I mean like her experiences Are as valid as anyone else's But I don't find them Very listenable I, I think she, I, I, You see that's the thing When she gets
0: a right idea I, I, I think it just needs Kind of refinement hey, I so liked the first
1: album Quite a lot I, yeah. I feel like I need to repeat that I think Pure Heron Was a great record And I was really looking forward To Melodrama And I despise it All right, well, while you're giving out about young people... um, You've started it!
0: (laughs) 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 Phones and gigs, uh, a bit of a scourge for most artists. Uh, Frankly, we're not huge fans of it in this room ourselves. But uh, a recent survey uh, quizzed uh, 1,200 people between 16 and 30 on their attitudes, and only 27%, so about a quarter, thought that they should actually be banned. 37% Thirty-seven
1: percent said they found it distracting.
0: Thirty-four said that they take away from the
1: experience. Yeah, I mean, I took a bunch of photos at Wolf Alice. I do tend to take photos, of, uh, photographs at gigs, and I don't do it too often. I try and get like a good shot here and there, and mm-hmm. I, I pick the right moment if I can. Granted, I might have a few points in me, so I don't know how great I am in that moment. But like, for example, when I went to Wolf Parade, there was a lady on the balcony standing next to myself and friend of the show, Zara Hedman, and she was filming like pretty much the entire thing. And watching it through her phone pretty much the entire time. And I was like, yeah. I don't know how you get v- enjoyment from that. True, although at the same time, I mean, I, that wouldn't bother me too much. No, it didn't bother Looking me because she, was like, she, like, she wasn't like, she was in my direct line of sight. Yeah. She was in my peripheral vision. It didn't bother me whatsoever. I just found it quite curious. Now, like I say, I do like to take photos because, you know, I, I put them up on Twitter or my Instagram, or whatever. And I feel like as someone who has a music podcast, you know, it kind of like if I go to a gig and it's really good, I want to have, you know, a photo to put out there for anyone who is interested in following me for whatever fucking reason that might be. Fine. Uh, but I wouldn't be like every song constantly like you know like too much and, it, and also uh, not at the wrong moments and I wouldn't Instagram story it or Snapchat or whatever the fuck it is um, it's one of those things and like I do find though that like it doesn't bother me that much what bothers me more at gigs is people talking that sure, drives me yeah. Yeah, crazy yeah yeah
3: but may way more disruptive I think it's actually kind of the artists themselves that seem more put out that people are experiencing it through a filter as opposed to like when you're standing there and you see like a little light and that's why I thought it was uh, just 8% of people believe that filming of photography is disrespectful to the artist or band. Now, as they say, it's, like, by degrees. I'm sure if you're getting, like, a memento, they don't have a, have a problem with that, but where it's just, like, a sea of people, like, just doing that for the entire show. Yeah, I mean, again, I can only assume that some people see that,
0: though, as being, like, the ultimate tribute, that they want to capture this moment and watch it back forevermore
1: or yeah. which whatever. I, which I find mind-boggling because there's no way the audio can compute through the <laughs> phone. <laughs> for no for that. That. Yeah. It's going to sound absolutely insane.
3: And we've had so many artists coming out and saying, don't do it, and taking these kind of measures so it's clearly something that rankles with a lot of people
1: Absolutely uh, Also I saw a thing on like Football 365 this week Where they were saying that how Every time like a free kick happens at a game Now if you're watching it on TV or whatever You just see everyone kind of reach into the pocket for their phones To take a photograph sure. or, or, or a video of someone taking a free kick And that I find a bit more strange I mean like that I, I think if you're at a football match It's, it's like I don't, I, I don't want a fucking 45 second video of someone running up and taking a free kick That's just weird no? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't want it personally. No, absolutely not. Granted, it is shareable. People like you, if you're like, oh, I didn't see that goal that was scored, and someone probably puts it on Twitter, but they're probably going to ask to take it down. It, 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 it's a example of the modern problem, in as much as like we're learning by doing with these things. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no like like big dusty old book of an etiquette guide. It's you learn by doing Like like we are the first People to have Smartphones yeah. like, like so therefore This is how we do it now In 20 years It could be totally Fucking different yeah. We all have our Google glasses on And just be filming that way Absolutely
3: Don't think they're Taken
0: off
5: all Probably right, not uh, no.
0: Finally uh, On the uh, news agenda uh, Jay-Z Um has been interviewed uh, opening up on uh, both 444 and indeed Lemonade for that matter and his relationship with Kanye West as it currently stands
3: yeah he was talking about his um, well first of all his relationship with his wife and how they've both made albums about their kind of strained relationship over the last couple of years and he was asked you know was that awkward where you're like well I'm making this record and he's like well actually we were kind of making it together and um, he goes on to say you know essentially we're staying together for the kids he says you know the divorce rate is like 50% or something because most people can't see themselves um, so, yeah, he says, you know, we're working through things and it worked for them somehow. Um, maybe a more complicated relationship, he says, is his relationship with, as Gomes said, Kanye West. Um, he does reveal that he talked to Kanye the other day just to tell him that he's like, uh, my brother. I love Kanye. I do, says Jay-Z. And he goes on to say, well, yeah, there's maybe a competitive element because they're in the entertainment business. There's that weird thing where Kanye initially signed to, um like his label and he sees himself as a big brother and there's competition there and he admits that there's tension between the two of them right now And but he hopes it's just going to be something they can look back on and laugh when they're like in their 80s and it kind of struck me as I don't know more Jay-Z talking I thought it was a
1: good interview I overall know. like you just won't give this man anything he <sighs> album a, of the year he 444 p- he put out a really good <laughs> album this year and like this interview it's grand. Craig was disgusted yeah, fact this interview this interview is actually quite far reaching and he comes across quite eloquent like I mean like the album he comes across like <clears> older, <throat> wiser, etc yeah. looking over his mistakes it's and all a facade taking account for them I don't know the guy personally but you no know, he
3: always comes across eloquent and he's you know he's very He's a very measured dude Um, He always kind of says The right things In these scenarios But I don't know He's still playing The kind of Do you know what We were both in the wrong thing What is it that he did Exactly that pissed you off The most
1: is, uh, it, I, is it a pure I d- Kanye I, don't, I
3: don't like that it seemed like there was a lot of pressure on Kanye to continue with a tour Dave, that he felt he was funding when he was having really mental, this mental this health question. issues. <laughs> I am asking this
0: question. Dave, he was billed for six months of title more than he wanted.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Damn it.
0: It's perfectly clear what Craig holds against Jay-Z right not wasn't,
1: That wasn't Jay's
5: fault, man. I couldn't...
1: Fucking unsubscribed <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't his fault, it was your fault <laughs> Just because the man put together a, a refined, sophisticated streaming service That I I have no horse in this race, I'm not even a big J guy But, if you race a song this week, I'd definitely put it in the songs of the week, for example you know, For example, example. Sure. one to yeah. talk about But let's kick off this week with the return, the surprise return of Glassjaw That's right, they're back This is called Shira, Dropped <laughs> on Friday. Uh, out of nowhere, Glassjaw are a, I wouldn't call them a hardcore band, but they're, they're post-hardcore. Sorry. I believe. Yeah, I believe that they go by that tag, post-hardcore. And they put out a song two years ago, Out of Nowhere, and then disappeared again. And now this one follows that. That song will be on the record. The record is coming out now. It's out, like, as of this podcast coming oh, out. Oh, is it? It's okay. out today. It's interesting. Uh, so, yeah, it's called Material Control. And they're back after a long hiatus. I went back to worship and tribute, which is their most well-known record, and it's it holds up. I must say, cosmopolitan blood loss sounds as good as it ever did. And it's a hell of an album, and I'm glad to have them back. And I'm glad to have Cullen back in the studio as he returns. So over for glass of water. There, I didn't realize you were going to keep recording. Um, we,
3: we were just talking about glass jaw. Yeah, Cullen. no, I got that. I,
1: I got that. We're in the songs of the week section now. <laughs> yeah, I was following along. What do you think?
5: Uh,
3: yeah, oh, on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've actually some familiarity with their previous work, and I know they're held in huge esteem. This, for me, s- felt a bit like kind of reheating past glories. It just felt a bit safe and a bit by numbers to me. It wasn't bad. In fact, it was, you know, it was quite good, but it just didn't rock my world in any great way. I'm, I'm
0: kind of with you in terms of reheating and not, like not just in past glories, but it sounds a little bit dated to me yeah the production particularly at the start was a bit oh, the, yeah. at the start yeah it sounds like something ripped straight from the early 90s mm.
1: yeah I like that though and like that's the question here isn't it if you are a Glassjaw fan can they possibly recapture former Glories and will it sound a lot like what they've done before will it sound out of place in 2017 is there a place for this band still you know in the world, and we'll know that in the next twenty four hours, I suppose, when the album comes out. Uh, as a, and if it turns out there's not, they will be shot into space.
5: <laughs> <laughs> they, will shot
1: at, they will be shot at dawn in front of their families, uh, and buried in an unmarked grave. Uh, 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 at the New Jersey Turnpike or something, I don't know. So, yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen to Daryl Palumbo and, and his We're cohorts. We're for them. Remy. Remy boys. Uh, Best of luck, lads, in this new, strange, terrifying world that you find yourselves in. Uh, I was never a hardcore Glassjaw fan. I just kind of know of them and like what I like. So I'm kind of going into this with a very open mind. And I hope it's good. I like this. And um, I think this is a perfect trailer. If you want more of it, I do. So let's hope it's good. Sure. But up next... The no encore debut for both Logic, who was mentioned already in the show, and the dreadfully named Rag and Bone Man. They've teamed up for a song. It's called Broken People, and this is what it sounds like. Yes, I've been through it, they know I do it for the people I'm fighting, so we be
4: equal for my son and my sequel, and anybody who listening in a system like Venom, I get in them and spread viciously. This is me. We're broken people now.
1: Now, that comes from the soundtrack to the new Netflix film starring Will Smith. Because of course mm-hmm. it does. Uh, it's called Bright. I believe That's it's right. directed by David Ayer of Suicide Squad fame. And yeah, it sure has that. Joel Edgerton in it And basically it's about Will Smith as a cop And his partner is an orc yeah. Played by Joel Edgerton And it looks terrible
3: I couldn't quite believe it When I saw the trailer It's
1: coming out in A, a month or less On Netflix And not yeah. going to the cinema Because Netflix has paid An awful lot of money For this film And this song is Part of it And I don't think it necessarily Will sum up the tone I don't quite know I found this quite weak. I don't. Okay, here, here we go. We talked recently about Ragan Bowman Man off mic, yeah. You know, and I was like, I've not heard him before ever. And you're like, he's a pretty big deal. Yeah. yeah. Can you give me a part of history here or something? So yeah. So he's actually in his thirties. Yeah. Uh, even
0: though he kind of first nothing appeared, wrong with that sort of. That way, I well, well, no, but basically, like he was nowhere until about thirty. I think Jules Holland and a couple of other people in the Beeb sort of started
1: championing him. So he's the Dave Batista of indie. A little
0: bit, <laughs> yeah. Um, human. Is obviously, his massive success it was released in December of last year, and Top Charts, uh, his debut album, went straight to number one here. Um, he's from Bristol, and his name is Rory.
3: Yeah, like, he's just a nice worth. English bloke who sounds a bit like Muddy Waters or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly,
0: <laughs> and I actually, I, th- I think he's relatively well suited to this. I mean, it's not the greatest song in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but given the tone and the subject matter, you know, if you were going to give me the choice between, like, a cooey sort of pop vocalist... Or his sort of slightly more gritty and harder tone. I know which one I'd fire rather. And who's
3: this logic fellow? Oh God! Oh, this. You so, take this one. Uh, yeah. So I mean, he's becoming a pretty big deal in the rap scene. Um, he's actually had a pretty he had a pretty rough upbringing. He seems like a very positive chap. He's all about spreading that kind of um, that positivity message. He strikes me though and he's having massive success stateside as someone that takes elements of rap he loves and doesn't really synthesize them just wears them on his sleeve so there's a lot of kind of chance influences there there's a lot of Drake he's a bit weak sauce to me in terms of execution and again here I mean his yeah his his delivery isn't really doing anything for me and mentioned, as for
1: um, sorry we mentioned the song one 800 273 which is actually the number in America for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline yeah and that's what the song is about the song is about someone ringing up on at their lowest ebb and by, by believe, the end of the phone yeah. call finding a bit of light yeah it was like it's like a number
3: one smash and was, it's been huge uh, I yeah. mean, Like
1: in terms of like you know a, a, like a gesture and it being a positive kind of thing for an awful lot of people yeah
3: like he's such a you know he seems like just the kind of person you want to be a massive pop star He's a uh, very well-intentioned dude He's been through the ringer himself He's portraying this great message But literally just from a kind of technique point of view I'm not seeing him adding anything musically yeah. um, I hope he uses Pro Tools And not, and not Logic there
0: there go. Go. Just a quick note by the way That that uh movies Bright, uh also on the soundtrack. It's like Future, ASAP Rocky, Migos, Ty Dolla Sign, a bunch of other people. Portugal the Man was in there.
1: Um they're clearly leaning heavily on the soundtrack. But so. they did this before with Suicide Squad. Uh David Ayer let like the soundtrack for that had Grimes, it had uh fucking Rick Ross, uh that massive song by Twenty One Pilots was on there. Yeah, and that's i know like, you're talking about. They like the sound the movie soundtrack
3: has lost a bit of its kind of
1: luster. Yeah, I think so. But at the same time it's clearly an easy earner for a lot of people and it does get you places. Yeah, we're
3: we're far from Seal's Kiss from Rose. Oh
1: man. (laughs) Still holds up. Long way. Up next, Django Django, who are other voices bound this weekend, I believe. They're back with In Your Beat. Django Django are one of those bands I never quite got. I think the first few seconds of Default are quite fun, and after that, <laughs> that's about it. Does it start with the Default,
3: fold? That's them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's the bit I don't like. That's <laughs> the only bit I do like. Uh, th- th-
1: these are one of those bands that like, I think they're just incredibly disposable and throwaway, and I find myself surprised when... you know, like, Does anyone know a Django Django fan? Like oh, a fan of this band?
0: I I know people who like them, Yeah. yeah. I've been to see them live, and they're very good.
3: Now, no. that's it. Like, they released... The first album's probably maybe four or five years old. They've yeah. had an album since then and it completely passed me by. So I'm, I don't know if they're kind of, is are those fans becoming, you know, few and far between? Are we looking at a band that isn't really kind of building on momentum? But because they have made quite a splash to begin yeah,
0: with. Yeah, and I mean, see, that's the thing though. I think just because they are slightly scattershot and stylistically. Yeah. Building momentum has been a difficult thing. It I does
1: think. sound like they haven't, they haven't settled on yeah. where they want to be.
0: Well, the other thing is that their second album, their first album was basically a one-man band job with three other musicians in with them. Oh, okay. He wrote right. the whole thing, uh, produced the whole thing um, and drummed it. Their second album, they started to write communally. And so there was probably teething issues there and there was kind of a too many cooks at times. Yeah. But it still had, you know, moments of real quality. Um, I can remember interviewing them, actually, around the time of the release of that record. And I saw them live, like I say, and it sounded really good. This is probably as streamlined as you're ever going to hear them. Mm. Now, as I say, because they can be shat- scattershot, who knows what the rest of the sa- record is going to sound like. It might be nothing like this. But if it is a little more cohesive, then I think that's probably the step that they needed to make. Yeah. Sure,
3: yeah. I, I think it's lightweight, though. One. Um. It is. It's. It's. It's almost featherweight, but I kind of got caught up on like that little kind of gust of wind it rode in on because I. I do think actually this is them as streamlined as I've heard them, and it, they benefit from it. Like it's like, it's almost like a kind of two dimensional thing, but it's very it's got a kind of surgical focus to it. It's I mean I'm a big fan of like a one note guitar riff of an occasion if it's done well. Not such a big fan of like a one note vocal melody, but somehow it works on this. Like it's just very little go on going on. It just feels kind of effortless, and I got caught up with it. Like it's 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 actually very enjoyable. Questionable vocal melodies, you say? Let's Good. have the hold steady.
2: Now we used to
6: Thanks for listening, thanks for understanding Can't you see how I feel to abandon Never yeah, got to say goodbye to you You're Be my destiny, entitled new
1: That's the whole steady there with entitlement crew. Now, uh, Colm is a big fan. So My before, boys, before, as am I. Before we, okay, not we'll just, as big. Before yeah. we get to the other people in the room, uh, <laughs> <Me>. I don't <laughs> understand the appeal of this band whatsoever. I cannot get past Craig Finn's voice. Uh, he sounds like Greg Proops. I know that might age me there. If anyone's, I uh, watched whose lines anyway back in the day. He sounds like Randy Newman. Being thrown, these are all good thrown things. through these are all positives Randy, uh, Randy Newman, like being thrown through like a combine harvester uh, I can't take him seriously whatsoever I don't understand this uh, argument that he's the best lyricist of his generation this to me is nails on a chalkboard and I hate it I think he might be one of the best
0: lyricists of his generation like you say I love the whole study um, and I love, love Craig Finn I don't think there's many people out there who can write anything like him uh i will admit that the band has probably taken a little bit of a downward turn in the past few years and then i turned this on as the first time we've heard franz nikolai back the keyboardist who i think was responsible for bringing something a little bit different um to what they do i have absolutely nothing to complain about here whatsoever i thought this was really good
3: yeah like i wouldn't be as massive a fan but you know whenever they come on they're very welcome um and same with this, I mean, I think they, they've done this song, they've done another one, and it's literally just like they've got a few shows coming up, they just recorded these, quite happy with them, threw them out there. And yeah, it was a really kind of just fresh blast of like the thing they do best. They felt invigorated. And it's just, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a sucker for Bruce Springsteen, I'm a sucker for replacements, I'm sucker a sucker for that kind of blue collar American thing. And they do that so well. Um, I do love Craig Finn's lyrics, I think he's he comes up with some amazing lines Yeah, I think
0: nobody as well writes about just, like, inane situations, like yeah. drinking at a party yeah, Do you think
1: uh, a line like, too many kooks in the kitchen is up there with his best?
3: Is that when he was on tour with the kooks? <laughs> <laughs> you tell me, mate
1: Not. But, uh, no this is, If Woody Allen started a band, it would sound like this Again, again, I'm on board.
0: Like if Woody Allen <laughs> starts a band, sign me the fuck up, right? <laughs> like, I'll play guitar in that one, baby.
1: Hell yeah! Jesus
3: Christ, what am I hearing? Is yeah. it literally just the voice that's putting you off?
1: Oh, it's the whole, it's the whole package, mate. It's just like really fucking the world's
3: mate. best bar band. You don't, you're not on board with that. I'm I'm not on, board.
1: I'm not on board with bar bands. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. today well, I saw they're some, not really a bar band. I, you, I saw someone on Twitter today talk about Elbow, and I was like, yeah, like one day like this, I was like, might, might be in my top ten most hated songs of all time. It's a Glorified pub band.
0: I mean, like, how is that a pub band song though? Like there's a full orchestra
1: It's a big pub (laughs) It's a hell of a pub Isn't it? (laughs) It's a beer hall (laughs) Move move on Dave Move on (laughs) Finally this week uh, We neglected one of the biggest songs of the year Not on purpose Just kind of the way the ball bounced Dua Lipa New Rules You've definitely heard it Because it's fucking smash hit Uh, There's a 80s-fied remix of it Which came out about a month ago But she put it on her Spotify last week Therefore it qualifies for songs of the week It's an official release It's an official release New Rules Initial Talk Mix Here's what it sounds like Like I say, uh, we just didn't get around to it, and we kind of were thinking, should we talk about it? I mean, yeah. it would be a bit, a bit kind of bad of us to be asleep at the switch for the biggest pop song of 2017, probably. Uh, so I guess we can talk about what we, think, what we think of the 80s version of this and the official song itself. Who wants to go first?
3: Yeah, well, I will say I'm glad that, you know, by ushering in the 80s sound, we're getting rid of that tropical house slash, like, you know, EDM thing that's on the original, because I'm just... I mean, it do, it's... I like the I like the song, but I am so tired of that aesthetic. Um, I mean,
0: I, I agree with kind of getting tired of that aesthetic. I thought the original actually used it relatively well. I think it's it, understated, it, yeah, and it leaned more towards the kind of like the dancehall end of that sort of thing. Like, okay, um, I, I I thought the original was great. I heard about Julie bit like a while back, and there was a lot of buzz. And then I think her first single was hotter than hell. And I was just like, oh, well, this isn't particularly good at all. Mm. Um, <laughs> thankfully, uh, it turns out that wasn't absolutely representative of what she's come out with since. I love new reels, like I say, and I think the production of the track originally was fantastic. It's kind of glitchy and so on and so forth. Um, that obviously is out the window here. And I still kind of enjoyed it, I yeah, think, almost it, despite myself. It's fun. I mean, It, yeah.
3: is, it is fun. And I think... Yeah, I like I like the kind of The fresh look that's it been given But actually Where the original works is You know, the music kind of moves With her tonally When it moves to the chorus yeah. Whereas this just Is kind of like Running on a different track It just continues doing What it's doing Even with the chorus And she kind of sounds overwhelmed Like the vocal is quite flat To begin with yeah. Which works in the original And on this It's a bit like I don't know. They're on easy bedfellows, I think. Well, see,
1: this is the thing. I mean, like, this is now a thing. Like, people have done 80s versions of Bieber, Ariana Grande's Into You, and other big songs in the last 12 months. It's kind of the new thing. You're going to get more of this, whether it's by this initial talk, character or characters. Yeah. I haven't done my, my research on who or what they are. Uh, or someone else in their bedroom just kind of doing it because it's like, you know, just put an 80s fucking filter on that. And it works in some cases and it doesn't work in others. It works okay here. As for the original song, I think it's very good. I actually managed to somehow go months without hearing it. Like, yeah, it's just I don't genuinely... know how you did that, to be honest. I, think it's be- I was having this conversation earlier. I think it's because, I mean, like, we do a weekly music show. Yeah. So every day we have fucking headphones on somewhere and like it's it takes work putting the show together like it, it just does and I I love doing it, but like it's a commitment. And I think you have to have a, an equal commitment to the charts. I think if you are like I'm into the charts, I I I want to listen to the Irish top fifty or the, the UK top forty, you will do it. No, I don't I don't think it's even a commitment though, like because the thing is you'll come across I listen that to stuff, the radio. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, you on radio yeah. and in sort of like your Friday night nightclubs. Yeah. Um, or in the give, gym given that we don't listen to radio and don't go to top 40 clubs yeah
1: yeah, I, think I can the, see how it might pass you the by.
3: music video seemed to be a big part of this Absolutely, becoming so yeah. massive as like, yeah. well done and, and also yeah. the
1: fact that like, it's a bit of a feminist anthem well it it's, totally it's, is it's calling and it yeah. fuck boys and I was uh, just
2: about
0: yeah. to say actually that is one thing that's completely lost with this track any sort of edge oh, totally. that it had yeah, 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 totally. is yeah, it gets just buried kind of brought out in some sort of glitzy you know, party time I
3: mean don't the verses pretty much aren't they just Jennifer Page's crush when you think about it Now that you say it they yeah. are like, bo- That's You're, a good thing That's yeah, a great that's that's a great, great thing <laughs>
1: That's the second mention Of that song on the show In about three weeks And deservedly oh, so it's <laughs> an What a song It's fantastic Yeah no, uh, New Rose is great But what I will say is I mean I think it's been Crown Pop's song of the year By default Because it hasn't been A very strong year For pop releases And for example I think Into You From last year Smokes this Yes yeah, 100 Like yeah. completely wipes the floor As does Touch Up by Ariana Grande From last year Which I think is almost As good as Into You but uh yeah, good tune, glad we got to talk about it. I think it would have been poor of us if we went the entire year without mentioning it. Indeed. And on that note, why don't we just sing as we're throwing out all kinds of random music say, let's have a listen to the libertines, shall we? take
6: anywhere, i take you anywhere, you can't take me
1: was Can't Stand Me Now, a.k.a. the Only Good Libertine song.
3: What are you talking about? (laughs) <laughs> Craig is. went
1: Craig went from oh come on I, I had to do it Craig was like Craig was bobbing his head looking at his notes and getting into thinking about Can't Stand Me Now and then I was like as soon as I was, he's, like, he's going to Cut turn me down. and yeah he yeah. didn't disappoint and nine of the Libertines of the Libertines disappoint me over four minutes but they disappointed me over their whole career I must say not a fan Craig you're a big fan of Libertines why are we talking about them?
3: Um, we're talking about them because we're talking about I guess the era they stood for um, they kind of followed hot on the heels of the Strokes and the White Stripes and they were very much kind of held up as the, you know, standard bearers for the British kind of um, new rock revolution. And, you know, kind of creating that scene, it turns out, uh, which we kind of suspected well, we knew anyway, was the NME. Um, <laughs> yeah, so
0: basically this is uh, 15th anniversary of Vice uh, hitting the UK. They're talking uh, to guys from the NME about yeah, yeah, this scene that existed within British music uh, exactly 15 years ago now. Uh, and Two thousand two, started two thousand three. I mean, did they really invent this? I mean, this is like there, there's a piece on Noisy right now. Yeah, and, and Connor
1: McNicholas sir thinks that they did.
0: Yeah, oh my! But like, it's so <laughs> self congratulatory. It's oh, yeah. like you know, yes, we went out and created the scene from scratch, but, and it's like you didn't teach Franz Ferdinand to play guitars, lads.
3: Yeah, are you like, are you aware of Connor McNicholas as kind of just? his being his essence his comments over the years he
1: said stuff like for example he won't put any, he wouldn't put anyone on the cover of the New Musical Express as yeah. it was known uh, unless they had tremendous hair and good shoes yeah yeah. I, he, like, he says a lot of those he'd probably support that decision though
3: would you Craig? I 100% would not no <laughs> um, like he comes out because with those, you have good hair and good shoes that's <laughs> yeah. what I meant he, he you know, comes out with those Nathan Barley lines almost exclusively and um, <laughs> I don't think he's got any depth I don't think he particularly likes music he did a good job turning the enemy kind of into smash hits and giving it a bit of a boost and obviously then it just kind of rapidly went down i think it was going downhill anyway in terms of sales but to in fairness to him he did kind of make those bands or make you know the kind of place they all went to be the enemy but of course no, he had no say in you know the best bands the bands that were worth actually talking about from that they had nothing to do with what he had to do it was going oh well do you know what we need um uh, the Automatic, we need uh, the Hoosiers and keeping it going until about 2007. At what stage it was just like, uh I was about to say, yeah, I mean, a far... Rem-
0: Closer, remember the failed attempts yeah. to create a scene you know i can remember one in particular just i'll never forget it just because it was the most ridiculous thing i'd ever seen where uh jolene and the jing jang jong oh,
5: oh, yes Christ were
0: God. a band who i believe Did were they being anything? championed by the enemy without ever releasing yeah. music their vocalist was an actor
3: he was in peep show wasn't he i was he, it? Was, he was um, Sophie's brother Do you know the weird oh, brother Oh yeah though? okay yeah. yeah 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 that was him That right. was Jolene Yeah And yeah they didn't go much further no. um, But there was a lot of that It, it was kind of posts It was maybe like That they were just like Everyone was trying to emulate Past a certain point The Kooks I mean the Kooks had One or two songs Maybe but the yeah. Twang,
1: who you mentioned there, of course. Uh, the yeah, I
3: think we're moving uh, into yeah. a different territory there, but yes, I mean, well, the enemy is, uh, did nothing good. Well, it's okay,
1: the enemy. I mean, like, like what, what, what is our own relationship with that magazine? I bought it back in the day. I remember like Block Party run the front cover a lot. And all yeah, that kind of I used stuff.
3: to buy it around this time as well, and it was never it was like it was never well written. I think you'd have to go back to like the seventies and eighties when the enemy actually had great writers on board. But it did actually. It was it was useful in the pre. You know, just amazing internet days where you you did actually want recommendations and stuff it was kind of bang on but I mean now you're looking at it and it's like oh it's ads, yeah it's just ads enemy.com like the top seven news stories were all kind of ads for like Black Friday not <laughs> not, that, but, like <laughs> also
1: I was saying this during the week I mean like we went looking for news it was kind of thin on the ground this week regarding our news for the show and like Liam or Noel Gallagher story Sure. Three or four times they a day. They're just constantly reading them or have not like, like yeah. stockpiled of just... Yeah. Any time they, they do an interview, no matter what they say or do on Twitter. they tweet, mate. But like, I got to think even the most diehard Oasis guy is sick of this. Like, I mean, come on. Oh, but I
0: don't think there's a diehard anybody who's reading the NME right now. But I, even, I, I, yeah, I know, think they're I hoping know. that they'll get just like a transient readership on any given week, depending on who's the focus of the link. Or what their headline is. Who's on the cover of the free version?
1: This is what I'm saying. People still get really pissed off when they put like Bieber on the front cover or Robert Pattinson.
3: Or Which yeah, like it that. doesn't mean anything anymore. I mean, it went in terms of print edition; it's now free, and by all accounts, certainly and in the UK. The and it, but they're like being moved to the back, and people aren't picking them up. Even now they're free. It's just all a cachet is kind of gone. So, I picked yeah, I think up one. It's kind of sad. See, I picked up
1: one of them recently, like, and I, I was I was surprised at how thin it is. It's right. like fucking twenty five pages or something. Like it was. There's nothing in it, and I flicked through, it, and I was like because I was like oh I'll take this home it's free and I put it back down because I was like there's, there's just nothing in this <laughs> Yeah. 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 Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to mention though was because you know obviously the three of us have worked for a music magazine and I'm not I don't want to bash said music magazine we've done enough of that never do <laughs> uh, we've done enough of that but, no, but to be fair I mean like you know like I mean like reading enemy like I always wanted to write for a music magazine and, I, and you know like we could do a whole fucking podcast series we w- probably wouldn't be allowed to do it uh, about our time in Hot Press magazine but at the same time I mean like you know it was a fascinating time to work there. Granted, it didn't have the bizarre rock and roll excess that Conor McNicholas tries and gets
3: across, but like, it was kind of crazy in its own way. Like, yeah, working was. for a music magazine is... You could definitely see some of the similarities in terms of like, you're constantly going to gigs and that kind of thing. I, but like, at this time, it sounded like a horrible place to work, the enemy. It sounded dreadful. Just like, oh yeah, it was a big thing to get up and walk across the room and put something on the stereo. Everyone was like, slagging each other off. It's like, what? we were just having Hip-Hop Friday. like yeah.
1: <laughs> Hip-Hop Friday was great. Far, but far, far more chilled
0: out. Yeah. I mean, as well, and, you know, I mean, not to get all misty-eyed or whatever, but, like, I, go I mean, Go on. If, yeah,
5: yeah, like, go on. Is, <laughs> is, is there, any,
0: is there <laughs> any point within working in music journalism that it doesn't... St- it isn't going to seem to be like you know really exciting or really dramatic or whatever. How do you mean? As in like because there's always something about music. <laughs> and if there's not a scene it probably means that there's going to be a fucking collapse in the sales of your magazine and you have to try to regenerate something and rebrand yourselves and find something interesting to go into instead.
1: Well, there you go. I mean like what I was going to say was ultimately this podcast wouldn't exist if We didn't come up in Hot Press the way that we did, not just because we met, not just because we met each other there, but I think that the reason that this podcast works, if it does, again, at No Encore Show, if you want to tell us that it doesn't, um, is that we've gone through those weird trenches. And like, I learned more in Hot Press magazine than I learned in college by a long stretch of the imagination, good and bad, what to do, what not to do, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm surprised at how often I reference it, not just to bash it, but like, as like, oh, I interviewed such and such, and you interviewed such, even though I, I haven't written for them for almost three years now. And it's like, No Encore is, us, if Hot Press had have given us a chance, I think, if Hot Press had have actually let us be us and say what we wanted and pitch our own ideas and kind of do more than just tick the boxes that the magazine does do. And I think the magazine does that. I think it's evident if you pick it up and have a look at it on your fucking local news agent, ultimately, it it could be better than it is. It should be better than it is. And it should have been better when we were there. And it's not really an ego thing. Everyone needs a fucking editor. Everyone needs someone to kind of stand out of them and go, no, you're right. No, you're wrong. This could be better, et cetera. And I think our podcast works. I think. And I think we're we're learning how to do this podcast. We're still figuring out how we go. And I'm actually fucking delighted that we can do this. And you know, and that actually is a new facet of music journalism that we've kind of fallen into. And I hope that we can continue to do it well. But at the same time, I mean, you know, recognize where you came from, as <laughs> yeah. ho- as hot press do by putting you two at number one. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, I, I got to dig in there at the it's, very. It's end. all toying, right? Isn't it? <laughs> Good
0: job, Dave. <laughs> All right, uh, time for an album review this week.
1: Want um, to get lost in? I think it's fair to say, <laughs> man. Uh, I have been, I have been dreading approaching this one. Like it's funny that I go on that. Like if they had to let us just write, man, I would. Like how could you even begin to try and write a review for this? This is Bjork. She's back.
0: Her album is called Utopia. Sounds like this. Yeah, that is blissing me. Take it away, column
1: From the new LP, from Bjork. Uh, what, do you really want I like, just blast straight into this? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, look, here's the thing. I mean, like, Bjork, uh, the reason I'm saying that is not in any, like, disparaging way. It's a case of this is such a, a singular, unique artist mm-hmm. and a singular, unique piece of work that I don't want to step on the wrong fucking, you know, like, floor tile here. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I, 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 want, I want to get it right because this album is... Demanding, challenging, innovative, inventive, different, yeah, and that can be very scary for a music journalist. I find the thing is okay. Look, Bjork is always going to be along those lines. Uh,
0: she she is very inventive. She is, like you say, a singular artist. And for me, where this album shows cracks and falls down, is that it
1: straight to the grit-isms. very often
0: <laughs> has moments that pull you out of the very strange and very individual world that she's very capable of building. I was reminded of when you came onto this podcast months ago After seeing King Arthur And you were like David, David <laughs> oh, Beckham turns up And you're just like Hang on, what the fuck is David Beckham doing here? Because mm-hmm. you're pulled out of the fantasy world And, you know, real life just your, suspension you of, over the head. your suspension of disbelief is broken yeah. yeah, and so in the same way like Bjork, you know, sonically and thematically and everything else Can create these insane worlds Universes, pretty much In which your music exists But then when she talks about, be it like, you know, texting someone too much and sharing MP3s or using Google, I feel like David Sedaris insisting that Santa doesn't live in Spain when I'm like Bjork doesn't use Google. Like she just stands outside the house and asks the wind. She uses Bing, no? Ask Jeeves, yeah. No, it's just, it's almost too normal. Yeah. It's, it, it's as though the spell has been broken at times. I
3: know me. what you mean. I kind of found that charming because, I mean, she has talked about how this is, um she's called it her Tinder her album. Tinder album yeah. So it's it's Bjork <laughs> kind of after, you know, the a very serious kind of breakup of a relationship and really just, you know, going all out and expressing how difficult that was for her on the last record, Full Nakura, which quite rightly was absolutely hailed as, you know, that is now being added to the pantheon of incredibly kind of... Uh, challenging but also you know ultimately cathartic breakup albums yeah um and you know that album you know harkened back to some of her kind of great late 90s work and um people were very excited about it it was a tough listen this actually didn't strike me a, as as tough a listen purely because it was so pleasant all the time yeah and not pleasant in a wishy-washy way in a like Very immersive. I mean, Arise in My Senses is one of her best album album openings for a while, I think. I agree. And and it's really, it's a very good kind of um, call to action. Uh, It's a very good calling card for what she's attempting to achieve. And it's just bursting with this kind of sensual stuff. Um, From there, I don't know, though, if she really reaches any conclusions or if she involves the listener enough because she's clearly lost in this kind of happier time for her thankfully and as you say she's talking about swapping mp3s and um going on dates and um caring about people and getting lost and Dancing this kind of in thing. Brooklyn nightclubs. Could you
0: imagine being in a nightclub in Brooklyn seeing Bjork? Yeah, that club. sounds like
3: the most Brooklyn nightclub thing imaginable. Can I just say, oh, by
1: I the way? wearing a swan. Can I just say, by the way, uh, call to action. You'd know our boy was doing an advertising degree with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think that that is actually accurate enough because this album invites you to step into its world, to its utopia, as it were. But I did find that spell broken myself over the course of a very long 71 minutes. Well,
3: listen, you need to like flutes to get on board with and this album. No, bird
0: yeah, this is bird song, flutes, yeah, a lot of them in here. Yeah,
3: you see, look, I agree with you guys in terms of like, I was, how, how are we going to review this album? How are you going to compare this to other albums, even our kind of previous work? Because to me, it doesn't seem like something you should compare to an album. It should be, not quite an art installation, but like you should compare it to like wandering around some like walled gardens or hanging out in an atrium mm-hmm. or, do no. you know what I mean? It's more of a kind of... I don't think I've listened to this properly because i had experience. it on yeah, earphones. I feel like if I was alone in a room with this and it was just blasting out through a big house, that w- would be how you should hear it. So I don't know if I've been listening to it well enough for Bjork. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I say, I mean, you see, this is the thing that I'd be more than willing to allow
0: myself to be transported to that world. But I did find it like i say just you know the spell being broken or a little hard to get there at times i think as well the production has a little bit to do with that at times okay uh it's arca, arca who
1: is all over this record
0: yeah so he was i think uh brought in at the end of vinyl cura yeah yeah and it put a very
3: distinctive stamp on it and to me it seemed to work but uh, yeah it, it really he, did yeah. the
0: thing is a kind of a Darker, more industrial sound really suited that album because yeah. it was kind of tortured and it was dark. And like I say, it was, it, was, it was a cathartic breakup album. This, obviously, is the Happier Times album. And there are moments at which it's like, whose idea of Utopia is kind of like Pounding beats. Uh, well, bitch. yeah,
1: you mentioned that actually. There's a couple, and I'm I'm sorry for being repetitive here, but I would be remiss if I didn't credit friend of the show Zara Hedman. Zara Hedman with this because she was saying to me the other day she reviewed it for Totally Dublin, and she was kind of saying that like uh, the double bill of Loss and mm-hmm. Sumi, which arrive at tracks eight and nine they do switch it up and they switch it up by bringing in a bit more of kind of an industrial punch with these kind of like big drums at the start of the songs and they have a bit more kind of like walls closing in sense I guess about them. Sure. And they are, I think, I would agree that, that like with her that like they are probably the standout moments on the record and as much as, you know, look, I love walking around this garden with yeah. the birds singing and actually yeah, it's funny because like uh, I've heard some demos off a um, friend of the show's upcoming work from next year and there's bird songs on there so uh, maybe that'll be scrapped now because Bjork's beating them to the punch but what I will <laughs> say is She's the first is, one to do it <laughs> I know yeah she's an innovator I told you um, I found it quite repetitive in itself and I felt the point was made a lot and then it was just made again for the sake of it Well
3: it's very it's kind of very formless and that's what I'm talking about it's hard to talk about these even as songs because she does and I, do, I don't think that excuses as you say, her repeating a lot and kind of dragging out thoughts without any real kind of, you know, conclusion, reconciliation, payoff. Something like loss definitely works for me, me more, where that kind of beautiful thing is being disrupted and it kind of jolts you a bit, and you feel like, oh, something is happening that I can latch onto. Yeah, but I think as well, loss and, and Sumi thematically like match
0: up with the yeah. Sonics, yeah, uh, lyrically everything about those sort of fits together. The rest of the album, it sounds like there are occasionally just kind of disconnects where it's not quite, you know, as as packaged.
1: There's the feeling of, like, you have to follow her. You have to commit to this. You have to... It's a bit of a chase. And ultimately this is a record where you're going to have to pretty much just shut off doing whatever you're doing if you want to fully fall into its kind of web, I guess. I mean, like, because mm-hmm. it's difficult to go about your day whether you're walking somewhere outside or you're doing something at home or you're on the computer or whatever it is. This requires a lot of attention. The other thing And is patience I, as well, I, I would I say. Wonder, a lot of patience.
0: I wonder how this album will go down with people who are really, really huge Bjork fans because this is, I mean, in my mind at least, this is probably... The most human she's sounded, and that she seemed when she's talking about, you know, I mean, I mean, Sumi is is literally just about like a custody battle. Yeah, yeah. With with, with her ex. Um,
3: Any of the kind of metaphors are being stripped away.
0: Yeah, and and I'm, I mean, it's just one of those things as well where, like, given you know the sort of character that she is and the sort of output that she's had, I remember last year when we were talking about Lemonade, I said like, you know, Beyonce being stripped back is really shocking because normally she's kind of like the queen you can't picture her like making a sandwich or taking the bins out or whatever you know whereas <laughs> you just can't get your head around the fact that
3: Bjork exists essentially
0: or <laughs> close enough or at least also, or I, at least that Bjork
1: exists in a very mundane normal world like we know yeah. you know I can see Beyonce making a sandwich and taking out the trash by the way yeah I imagine she's wearing sweats and not a fucking ball gown Perhaps, yeah, she, yeah, And she wakes up just like we do, man.
3: Are they all Ivy Park sweats she's designed herself? Probably like, not, no. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I know I know what you mean. I mean, when you go back to, like, some of her absolute classic songs, I mean, like, something like Hyper Ballad, which is very much about a very domestic situation and dealing with the kind of small struggles and things like that but it's by day de- like she, she paints this picture where she's throwing things off a mountain to deal with it yeah. yeah exactly we're very much kind of at street level with this and um yeah like i i think it's very very beautiful I think fans will la- real fans will lap it up because they'll be used to her at this point I mean she's nine albums in you don't know what the next album's going to sound like so if Not you yet. stuck it out this long you're just whatever you can get from Bjork you're going, going to be accepting and I think there's a lot of song- strong stuff on it but if you were looking for Bjork to arrive with you know four or five songs that are going to be added to her you know canon of incredible outstanding crafted electronic beats driven songs uh, you're probably not going to find them here what it is is a very nice piece that yeah if you have the right experiential thing um to go with it i think could be really rewarding i think that's the word
1: it is a piece yeah. it is one piece of music essentially in its way it's it's one narrative it's it's like watching a film it kind of needs to be taken in that way it doesn't quite work in chunks and like I say, it's about commitment, it's about patience. I think you are definitely, definitely rewarded, but I i hate to say I'm like a modern dickhead, but who ha- who has the time? Do you know what I mean? Like, on, on, No, unless you're really, really on board here and you're like, oh, fantastic, I love Bjork, I can't wait for this. I, this is not an album I would recommend someone to check her out for the first time do you know what I mean I'd be like no maybe go with debut or something but I mean like and I did actually I, as soon as I had listened to this all the way through I rewarded myself by throwing on big time sensuality because I wanted nice. just to hear I wanted to just hear you know she's so fucking good as A&B. well should be we pointed yeah, out like she's brilliant <laughs> like she's fucking fantastic and like, and this goes down absolutely like you know in the upper echelons of her canon but I found it very demanding to the point of distraction almost do you know what I mean Like I was kind of like fuck this is work
3: and yeah also not really like a winter album Like it was a real it, it wasn't work for me Just walk around Dublin Like freezing And just trying to get it on board With the mood of this I get what you mean Yeah, yeah. Give us numbers boys 7.5 Yeah 7.5 for me as well for sure let's go 7.5 <laughs> but I feel my my listening effort was maybe a 6 or a 7 I, I think Bjork would judge how are I listen to it yes listening. I am oh yeah. I anticipate that like anyone who loves
1: his album is like lads you could have done better <laughs> yeah. here I tried my best uh, it's um, a, yeah, it's I, a, I,
0: I think we'll get that reaction every time from somebody uh, what oh, else have you been listening to?
1: quite a lot uh, like I say, there's a couple of revisit episodes coming up soon 1999 and 1995 will be out very soon and we're just putting the final uh, editing touches on them and as a result having recorded the 1995 episode this week with a really really good panel of people uh i've listened to the passengers album that's when bono and you know got a bit mad in the studio that's brilliant yeah uh apex twin whipping boy they're all on there also a Kila album that quite surprised me and one more that I'm forgetting right now because I'm just too tired. Whipping uh, Boy
3: were pretty bloody good. Yeah. Heartworm,
1: Heartworm is like often cited as like the best Irish album ever, but let's see how it goes down in the revisit format. Uh, oh, Gavin Friday. Gavin Friday was the other uh, album. There it today. is. Which, ha- which has Angel on it. Ah, which a is a song. lovely song it is gorgeous yeah. and I've also listened to The Soft Moon if anyone is into Nine Inch Nails type stuff and you've never checked out The Soft Moon get on it right away he's a solo artist from LA I think and he put out a song called It Kills this week there had been one called Burn last month that I missed both of those are sounding incredibly healthy albums coming out in January I believe like I say if you're into industrial pop or industrial menace The Soft Moon give him a go Curiosity got the better of me this week. Come on, I listened to Sia's
0: Christmas album.
1: Oh wow, I heard people saying like, "Does Sia hate Christmas?"
0: Dude, I I don't know if Sia hates Christmas. Whoever first floated the idea and signed off the idea of her doing this uh, probably hates Sia. Um, (laughs) It sounds. This
3: is how I'll get her. It's
0: (laughs) it's, no, it sounds like something right where she's been paid by like some oligarch to sing songs that have been written by her by his like seven-year-old daughter. When she's going like <laughs> puppies are forever and stuff, and it's like literally has a child
3: written the songs for you. Um, and her it, delivery is never going to work with that kind of thing. She's no. too impassioned for it, exa- the frivolity of it all. Like,
0: like I say, the lead single from it was called
3: Santa's Coming For Us.
1: So is this more of a puzzle to figure out than Bjork's album? This was way <laughs> worse, to be perfectly honest, yeah.
3: Is it up there with Bob Dylan's I can't Christmas imagine seeing <laughs> making a sandwich now either, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Do you remember Bob Dylan's one from a couple of years ago? Which I think he did oh, for yeah. charity. but it, it was, oh my god, it was... <laughs> That Bizar- a surreal listening experience. Yeah, but listen, I mean, I've seen
0: Dylan. Yeah, it do, comes down close, It comes down. I've seen Dylan do his own classic material,
1: and it's, it's surreal, surreal at this yeah. point. Uh, hang on, so I, you I should point out that he's uh, anything at this point. Four years after becoming a bit of an internet meme, DMX put out an official version of yeah. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Epic. today. So a happy
3: <laughs> DMXmas there. <laughs> As for you, Craig. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I haven't had time to listen to much, but Bjork, I was listening. I went back to Pulp um, because I love a bit of Jarvis Cocker and he's very soothing. This is Hardcore is amazing. Do you remember that? It was yeah. the one after a different class when the band was kind of falling apart a bit and he was, you know, partying a bit too hard. And it's really like decadent and massive and dark and it's great.
1: Wasn't he photographed in a bingo hall recently, calling out the numbers? He was,
3: yeah, yeah. That might have what been what sparked my thing. Yeah, that would be a great evening, wouldn't it? Bingo with Jarvis Cocker? Bingo with Jarvis Cocker. Well, we can't bring you Bingo
1: with Jarvis we Cocker. Wrestling with Dave, but we can bring you the, we with and But we can Eubank. bring you the No Encore Quiz of the Year. Quizzing which, with Dave and Craig and Colin. There you go. Uh, next Thursday, Workman's Club. Like I say, noencorequiz.eventbrite.ie. If there are still tickets left. If not, sorry. Next time, maybe. And we'll have one more episode to go before we do our list. So we will be uh, giving the verdicts on YouTube's Songs of Experience mm-hmm. and Miguel's War on Leisure on our episode next Friday. Uh, thanks once again for listening as always we close with new Irish music Uh, Geppetto is this new character on the scene the project of Louis Claffey originally from Dublin but living abroad for the past few years where his travels have taken him to Australia, Asia and now Canada sounds very nice as such a lot of the lyrical themes borrow from experience living as an expat on the other side of the world his music is a mix of bright guitars soulful vocals and hip hop inspired beats with Odyssey the track that we're going to play now standing out as an especially tight distillation of the aforementioned things so Craig and Colm thanks for very much. Thank you. My name is David William Hanrady. This has been No Encore. There will be no Encore. This is Geppetto and Odyssey. Catch you soon.
4: can roam, ever a home, I'll take no interest in your company, and that's what I'll say, why didn't you live Try just to comfort those The best thing to do Is let me go through podcast is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast the perfect
6: pickup deal there's a deal for every morning at mcdonald's
2: right now taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage mcmuffin with egg for just 250 price and participation may vary cannot be combined with combo meal imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time